Welcome, and thank you for downloading Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Here at Movement, we are passionate about God's Word and helping each other move closer to God. Thank you for choosing to grow with us today. And now, here's our lead minister, Bobby Wallace. Man, that is uh, way too cool of an introduction. Uh, Let's all give a hand for Luke putting that together. That is sweet. Uh, I've never done anything that cool in my life. Uh, I hope one day to aspire to something like that. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome, Lynn. Um, uh, I'm super excited to be talking about road trips. Uh, this is the sermon series that we're kicking off this morning, if my notes load. Otherwise, we're going to be talking about something else, you know, just whatever I feel like. If they don't load, you know, it's, it's all off. All bets are off. We're going to be talking about something else. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited about road trips. I'm excited about road trips because road trips, they're awesome. And you know what? They are a big part of my life. Um, I I love a good road trip. I'm a car guy, first and foremost. You know, my car guys out here in the audience know what I'm talking about there. So just getting in my car and cruising around uh, and uh, and going someplace new and and seeing something exciting, man, all of that uh, just gets me uh, pumped up and and excited. And man, this is going to be an interesting morning, people. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. 99% sure that I remember some of what I was going to say this morning. You guys can hear a whole new sermon. It's going to be a different sermon. It's going to be totally different. Let's see if I can get it up on my phone. All right, I can get it up on my phone. That's going to have to work for now. I don't know why this one's being a pain. Let's see. I'll give it one more shot. Somebody distract everybody. Turn to your neighbor and greet each other. That's it. Yeah, yeah, we're doing that as an exercise. Tell each other you love each other in the Lord. It's, it's normal. We're planning that. That was part of this. You guys are doing a great job. Yeah? You know, I just got it. I, I hotspotted my phone. It just took a second. Thank you, sir. Woohoo! All right. Let's start over. Who wants to start over? I do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I just started my stopwatch, so that's the beginning, okay? Any extra time, that was that fault. All right, so I'm excited about road trips because I love road trips, right? And here's the thing. I grew up uh, with a family that traveled all over the U.S. My dad worked, uh, and he would go out and do trainings for the Federal Bureau of Prison on tech stuff, and he would take us with him. So I got to go to Denver, and I got to go to all these, like, other states, and we'd go to Kansas and uh, stupid states, and, and we'd go to Georgia. We'd go to all sorts of places. We went to Miami one time, and we, just, we would go around with my dad, because he was traveling and we got to travel with him. And as a kid, man, that's the best ever, right? Because I need my Pokemon time in the back seat with my Game Boy. And so I'm going to spend eight, 10 hours with that thing. My parents can't take it away. I'll be so annoying in the car if they took that away from me. So they're like, you just, just sit back there. You play Pokemon as much as you want, right? And so I was always super excited for road trips. And we'd have books. I, my parents weren't monsters. And, and, uh, and, and so we, we would read things. And, uh, and we would just have a really good time on a road trip. My parents always made it fun for us. And we got to go see someplace new. And it was super exciting. But it was never quite as exciting as when I met Trish. Because here's the thing. Road trips with Trish are awesome. She's into them. She's excited about them. And when we go on road trips together, it's super fun. I remember the first road trip that I took with Trish was like a a totally different experience. You know, usually, you know, for me, besides Game Boy and whatever, if I was driving for a long distance, it's like music up, 
cranked, loud, let's just roll, right? We're, just, we're gonna sit here, we're gonna listen to 14 hours of the same album over and over again, and then we're gonna get there, and it's gonna be so hype. And, and, and we, I would make playlists, you know, and I'd do all this stuff, and, and, uh, and I'd get so excited about going on a road trip, and man, I went on a road trip with Trish. You wanna know something? Seven hours in the car. I didn't turn on the radio one time. I just sat there and I talked to her, right? Because she's super cute. And, uh, and, and I, like to, uh, I like to spend time with her. And we just sat there and we talked for like seven hours. the most like crazy thing. We got to the end, we're like, did we just talk for seven hours? We just talked for seven hours. And that's not surprising if you guys know us now, because you can tell we can talk a lot. So uh, <laughs> we, we would go on these trips and we wouldn't even, I mean, it was like an amazing thing. And road trips took a whole new, uh, a whole new life for me when I started, uh, when I got married to Trish, you know? Because then we're going around and we're not just going by ourselves, we're going together. And we're going someplace as a unit in a relationship built on trust and faithfulness. And we are together in this trip. And in two weeks, I'm going to go on the biggest road trip I've ever been on in my entire life. Okay? This is huge. Now, listen, me and Trish, like... We, we, we would travel to visit people or we'd travel to go other, uh, other places and things and we'd like go every once in a while on like a weekend trip or whatever. But since we've had kids and even before that, we never really had money. So that uh, tra- traveling wasn't an option either. And, and since we've had kids, we've never taken like a real vacation away from the kids. And this is our 10 year anniversary this year. It's in one month, 10 years. And so we're going to Iceland. We're going to, I, I know, I feel like this is a weird thing to start a sermon with. We're going to Iceland, okay? We're going to Iceland. We never spent any money on a trip before. We're like, we're going to do it. We've been saving. We're doing it for our 10-year anniversary. We've never been out of the country before, except for Canada. And that was a weird story I'll tell you later. But so we're going to Iceland, and we're spending 11 days in a camper van, like a tiny little Ford Transit camper van. And we're going to just travel around the Icelandic wilderness in what is going to be, in my mind, the greatest adventure of my life. Okay. So I'm super excited about that. I just had to tell you guys that doesn't have anything to do with our sermon. No. Uh, okay. It does. It does. Because here's the trick. Here's the trick. I hate spoilers. I hate spoilers more than anything else in the entire world. If any of you guys are here and you guys have seen a TV show that I have not seen, if you tell me the ending, I will not watch it. It's over for me. Like, it's dead to me. That series might as well be gone. Like, I hate spoilers. I have stopped so many games. I have stopped so many TV shows. I've stopped so many movies because somebody told me the ending. And I'm like, well, forget this. I don't want to watch this anymore. I already know what's happening. It's useless. And so for our 10-year anniversary, Trish is going to do something really special for me. She planned the whole itinerary. I have no idea what I'm getting myself into. <laughs> I have zero idea. I have looked up nothing. I won't even look at pictures of Iceland. I do not want to know what's going to happen. I know it's going to be mind-blowing. I know it's going to be crazy, but I know nothing about where I'm going. I have no clue what's about to happen. I swear I didn't do this for a sermon illustration. I just hate spoilers that much. I was like, babe, if you will just keep me from seeing all the spoiler pictures. So she has, and I have no idea what anything looks like. And besides, even if I wanted to, like, you can't pronounce any of the names in Iceland anyway. And so, like, I would be, like, I have no clue. She, every once in a while, she'd be like, oh, babe, should we go to, like, or should we go to, like, you know, like, these things? I'm like, I have no mental picture for any of these words. I got nothing. I'm total blank stares. I'm, like, the first one. And, uh, and so uh, the point is this. 
I don't know where we're going, but I know Trish. And the disciples in John chapter 14 find themselves in a similar position. Let me set the stage for you just a little bit before we get to John chapter 14. You guys mind if we just kind of look at this a little bit in context? Because Jesus is leaving. He's leaving and he's going away. And, and he's been saying that for a while. Like it's not, it's not news. It's not brand new. But the disciples, you know, they're different. <laughs> and, and, and to them, this is like the first time. They're acting like this is the first time they've ever heard this. You know, like Jesus, like if you remember, you remember that, that time when, when the woman uh, uh, who was probably a, a questionable occupation and, and she comes and, and she kneels at the feet of Jesus and she pours out a year's worth of wages on, on a dusty old carpenter and, and, and on his feet and she gets down on the ground and she and she wipes his feet with her hair do you remember that moment you remember what Judas complained about what do you say hey that's wasteful man we, we, we could have used that and sold it and, and the money could have been given to the poor. Now, he's a thief. He doesn't care about any of that, right? But, but he's excited. And he's like, give me the coffers. So, but, but he said that. What did Jesus say? You guys remember? Remember what Jesus said? He said this. That has been saved up to prepare me for my burial. That's what he said, right? That, that's not that ambiguous, right? He says, you'll always have the poor among you, but what? You won't always have me. That's John chapter 12. Okay. A little bit later in John chapter 12, Jesus says this. I think you'll remember it. He says, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, ambiguous to us, but not to them, will draw all people to myself. You know what the Jews said? We've heard the Christ is always going to be with us. So how can you say the son of man must be lifted up? They knew what he's talking about. It's crucifixion. He says, I'm going to go be lifted up. That was unambiguous to them. They said, well, Jesus, but with the Christ is always going to be with us. So who is this son of man you're talking about? He says, the light's among you a little while longer, but walk in it while you have it. And over in John 13, he's talking about it again, but this time it's real. This time it's serious. This time he means it. This time it's not uh, abstract because where we are in John chapter 13, if you, if you know where you're at in the, in the book of John, we're at the Lord's Supper. And the disciples have gathered together around a table and they're celebrating and they're enjoying and they're eating and drinking together and, th and they're having a feast, Passover. And Jesus does something really really weird at this feast. He steps down from the table and he gets down and he takes his outer garments off and he kneels at the disciples' feet and he starts to wash. When he comes to Peter, Peter throws a fit, right? Because Peter is like really good about taking like his whole left foot and just shoving it into the back of his mouth, right? And, and Peter, Peter says, man, Lord, you will never wash me, right? You know, and we can imagine ourselves in that. We're like, yeah, Peter, woo, never wash me, right? He says, if I don't wash you, you've got no part in me. He says, 
bring it on then, right? You know, wash my head, wash my toes, wash my hands. You know, he's like, do the whole thing, Jesus. Sponge bath, let's go, right? He is is totally in, right? And Jesus says, well, the person who washes his hands and his feet is already, already clean. And all of you are clean except for one. Okay, that's weird. He begins to tell them, that there's going to be someone among them who's going to betray him. I mean, this is just out in the open, as clear as day. And, and he dips the morsel in the bread with Judas, and then Judas leaves. He says, go, do what you do quickly. And that's where our conversation today really starts. I just want you to understand, have a picture in your mind for where this conversation is in the narrative, okay? This is a pretty serious night, <laughs> It's pretty heavy. It's pretty intense. And Jesus says this. He says, I'm going away and you can't come. And Peter says, of course, Peter says, where are you going, Lord? And why can't I come with you? He says, you will. You'll come with me, but not yet. He says, I'll go with you even even to death, whatever it is, Lord. He says, will you? Will you go with me to death? I tell you the truth, even before the night is over, you'll have denied me three times. And now we're ready for John chapter 14. (laughs) John chapter 14, verse 1. This is our text for this morning, and I want you to understand where it is in the narrative. John 14, 1 says this, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. And believe also in me. For in my father's house are many rooms. And if it were not so, would I have not told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may also be. And you know the way to where I am going. He says that. You know, you know the way. (laughs) Thomas said, Lord... We do not know where you are going. So how could we know the way? And Jesus responded and said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the father except through me. The first point is this. In John chapter 14, verse one, Jesus says, let your hearts not be troubled. Believe in God, but believe also in me. And this phrase is why the context is so important, because this is a weird night. (laughs) And it's only getting weirder from here, right? If you think about what's about to happen, he's going to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. He's going to try to keep the disciples awake to pray. They're going to fall asleep over and over again. Judas is going to come and betray him with a kiss in front of everybody, right? And and the the snake is going to be outed finally, and they're going to know what's up. And and the disciples are going to realize all of these things at one time, and they're all going to flee. And they're going to leave, and they're going to hide. And their master and savior and Lord is going to be tortured and killed in front of an angry crowd. It's a weird night. And Jesus knows that this is probably the worst night of all of their lives. This night and the following day is going to be terrible for them. And, they, and he's trying to prepare them. He's trying to give them something to latch on to, to hold on to, to have uh, as they're going through this to get uh, them to the other side, right? And Jesus is... It, 
they, they don't have an idea what's going to happen tomorrow. And they don't have an idea what's going to happen in 50 days. And they don't have an idea what's going to happen on the third day. And they got no idea what's going to happen 2,000 years ago when we're meeting, or 2,000 years uh, forward, right? And, and, and when we're meeting together and worshiping him and remembering him, and, and we've got all this context and all these things, but they have no idea. And they are kids. They're teenagers. Sorry, teenagers in the room. I called you kids. It's mean. I know. I get it. But I'm just talking relativistically here. They are, they, they are so young. And, and they're going to watch him die. And these questions, they don't seem so dumb anymore because they're panicking. Where are you going, Lord? What's happening right now? I don't understand. My security's been pulled out from under me. I, I don't get it. And, and they're about to lose this friend that they've had for three years, this teacher, this guide, this mentor, everything to them. And Jesus says this, have faith in God and have faith in me. Why those words? Why at that point? Why in this context, at this moment, in this serious, ridiculous, just mind-numbing time for the disciples, why does he say, believe in God and believe in me? Because, I think, faith in God has nothing to do with acknowledging God's existence and everything to do with trusting him. Faith does not equal mental assent. It doesn't just mean I acknowledge that Jesus existed. If I say I have faith in my wife, <laughs> I don't mean that I know she exists, right? I mean that I trust her. I mean that we're in a relationship together and, and we have built a foundation of faith and trust with each other. And we have kind of mixed that up sometimes when we're talking about how to become a Christian. And when we're talking about uh, what does it mean to follow Christ and we're doing all these things, we say, first thing you gotta do is make sure you believe in God. And people are like, well, yeah, I guess there's something out there. And like, boom, check mark, got it, nailed it, it's done. Move on to the next step, right? But that is not what faith is. For many, faith simply means they acknowledge it. Maybe Christ's existence, maybe his messiahship, but the trajectory of their life remains unchanged. Because when we cheapen faith into an intellectual exercise, we lose out on what it means to trust Jesus. And that is hard for me. <laughs> because it's so easy to do. Like we, we're from the West, Western thought, right? And... and and we think logically, and we want everything to be logical, and we want to lay it all out, and we want to have our arguments and our proofs, and we want to, we want to just like line up all this evidence, and we want to, you know, we study apologetics, and we talk about all these evidences, and we try to like narrow down exactly what it is, and then we're like, somehow all of that equals faith. But that's not faith. Sure, it's evidence, and, 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 it's, and it's good, and it's necessary. I'm not arguing or knocking about any of that. I'm just saying that that's not what faith is. That's not what God is commanding us to do. He's not telling us to figure out whether or not God exists in the universe. Guess what? Big picture, 
he does. <laughs> and pretty much everybody on the planet acknowledges that. I'm just letting you guys know. In some way or some form, nobody is really questioning that. Now they have some questions about who he is. But that's part of a relationship. You got to find him and get to know him, right? And you got to build trust with him and have faith in him. And that's what he's talking about. Jesus is not saying to a group of distraught teenagers, oh, and when I'm gone, don't forget to remember I exist. Okay, that's not what he's trying to get across here. When he is talking to these guys, he's saying, trust me, I've got you. I, I, believe in God and believe also in me. This is really scary and this is going to be a crazy time, but trust me, I've got you. And friends, I want you to know this morning, Jesus has got you. There is no more capable hands. There is nothing more exciting or, or, or a person more valuable to put your trust and faith in than Jesus. Faith is not just mental assent. It's saying, I know that I can trust you. And we can trust Jesus because he knows where we're going. These disciples had no clue, right, where they're going and what the rest of the time is going to look like, but Jesus did. He knew every bump in the road. He knew every uh, pothole and curvature, every single thing that would throw them off along the way. He knew their pains and their sorrows and the worst things in life that were going to happen to them, and there were many. He knew all of that, but he also knew the heights, and he knew the places that they were going to go, and he knew the things that they were going to get to do, and Jesus knows where we're headed. He says this, John 14, 2, in my father's house, right, there are many rooms, and if it were not so, I would have told you, I, I would not have told you that I was going to go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, and where I am, you may be also. Jesus promises that he's going to prepare a place for them, <laughs> and that's good because he's their friend and he knows them right like, like Jesus has poured three years into these guys right and I feel like I know you guys pretty well a lot of you but but I've only been here for a year and, and and this guy he spent three years with these people pouring into them and getting to know them and building relationships with them and hanging out with them and it wasn't like we do today I mean we see each other like a couple times a week at most like they followed him they lived with him they slept in the same rooms as him you know son of man has no place to lay his head but wherever he does they're there with him right you know they're like a hundred percent with him all the time he knows them and besides that he's God like of course he knows them right uh, he knows what they like and he knows uh, what's going to be good for them now <laughs> I have no idea what it's going to be like to be in Iceland but I know Trisha and I know that Trisha knows me and I know that whatever she plans <laughs> it's going to be awesome <laughs> right? Like she knows what I like and she knows who I am and we have a relationship. And, and, and so she's not just going to like willy nilly be like, I think he wants to just look at plants all day, right? She would do that. If it was Iceland trip, she'd be at the plant store or where, plant repository, the botanical gardens, you know, wherever. And she would be there. That's all she'd look at the whole time. She'd be like, let me find some of the plants and let's talk about them. <laughs> she's like, are there any gardeners in the room? Uh, okay. Sorry, babe. So anyway, uh, <laughs> Uh, she knows me <laughs> like so well, right? And, and if she says it's going to blow my mind, all these things that she's seeing, she's like, it's so crazy. It's going to be hard to pick even what's amazing because it's just everything's going to be amazing. And she knows me and she knows that I'm going to freak out. She knows I'm going to totally just like be, be all over the place because she knows me really well, right? But you know who knows me better than Trisha? You know who can see and, and, and gets 
me on a deeper personal level? Sam Walker. No, I'm just kidding. Not Sam Walker. Okay, all right. So look, look, you know, <laughs> it's God, right? I mean, it, it's Jesus. J- Jesus, you guys thought, you for sure, I got you on that one. So, okay, so, <laughs> it's, it's Jesus. Jesus knows me inside better than I know me inside, right? Like, like I couldn't, like, have you ever had those moments? This is, just put that aside. Have you ever had those moments where, like, you're feeling something and you're worried about something or you're anxious about something and you don't know what it is? <laughs> right? Like it's on the tip of your tongue. You're like, ah, man, I'm feeling, feeling stressed out about something. I can't quite figure out what it is. Or, or I'm thinking of something. I can't remember exactly. And you're trying to like work those cogs. Jesus knows. <laughs> he knows everything. He remembers everything that you've ever done. And he knows you. And so if Jesus uh, says that something, uh, he's going to go and prepare a place for us, it's not going to be cool. It's not going to be awesome. It's going to be legend, wait for it, dairy, right? Like we're going all the way with this thing. It's going to be amazing, it's going to just totally blow our minds. It's so much that he can't even describe it to us right now. He's like, well, you guys just can't, you don't even get it. So we'll just paint pictures and like gold and crystals and stuff. I don't know. You just, you'll, we'll worry about it later. But this is the thing, right? Putting your trust and faith in Jesus means that we can look forward to what he's preparing for us because he knows us and because we know him and we're in a relationship with him and we can trust him. Second Corinthians four seventeen says, uh, well, says, uh, for this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Uh, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the unseen things are eternal. Uh, and Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. You might have heard it. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. That is to say that our trust in Jesus is the basis on which we can set our hope, right? I have faith in Jesus. I trust him. And so for that reason, I know he's not going to disappoint me because I know that he's never disappointed me before. I've been through life with him and I know that he hears me when I pray to him. And I know that he's always looked out for me and I see his track record and I can trust that whatever he's got in mind, it's going to be good. Jesus knows the destination, but Jesus also knows the way. I should say, he is the way. Now, that's a weird thing that Jesus does there, right? In verse 4 of of John 14, he says, you know the way that where I'm going. Now, that's like typical, like classic Jesus, right? I mean, he's just like set. You know, he's just waiting for somebody to bite on that, right? And, and Thomas jumps out there and he's like, we don't, we don't know the way. You know, like somebody's got to say, it. He's like, what, what if they were all just like, yeah, we know. We know the way. Yes, yes, Lord. And then they're like, and, you know, because they did that with stuff. Like they're like, he's worried because he's we don't have bread. You know, and they're like trying to have side conversations. They do that totally. But, but what, you know, like this is the situation, right? Jesus says, you know where I'm going. And Thomas says, I, I, I don't know. Not only do I not know the way. I don't even know where we're going, Lord. (laughs) He says, I am the way. I am the way. You know me. He says, I'm I'm the one who makes the path. I'm the one that shows you the way. I'm the one that lights your steps. I'm the door of the sheep, right? I'm the one who breaks down the gates of Hades and brings all the people out like I am the way (laughs) if anyone was ever going to be the way it's Jesus and here he is and he says I'm the way 
Have I been so long with you that you don't recognize me? That's what he says in just a few verses. Have I been so long you don't even recognize me? And and the hard part is maybe we don't either. Because we just want to skip to the destination. In Christianity, a lot of times we've put the cart before the horse. Christianity is not about heaven. It's not about hell. Christianity is about the way. It's about Jesus. (laughs) It's about having a relationship with him. It's about going through life each and every day with him. And yes, Jesus promises that he's going to come back and get those people who are in a relationship with him. But how would you feel if somebody married you just for your money? (laughs) How would you feel if if somebody said, well, you're probably going to croak one day. And uh, looks like you got a pretty nice house, pretty sweet boat, your father's house, many rooms. Maybe, uh... Maybe we should hang out for a little bit. They say money changes people. Lotto winners say <laughs> their relationships all fall apart. It's like the worst thing you can do is win the lottery. Don't play the lottery. It's bad for you even if you win. Because um, how do you trust people at that point, you know? They got a lot of fake people in their life, and a lot of fake people come to the surface at those times. And sometimes I feel like we treat Jesus like that. What can you do for me, Jesus? We say things like, oh, hey, uh, you know you're going to go to hell when you die, right? Probably don't want that. But I know a guy. Come on, I'll introduce you to Jesus. We say, hey, you're going to die, right? I mean, you want to make sure you go to heaven. I mean, who don't want heaven? Heaven's sweet, right? Let's all go to heaven. Come on, come on, let's go to heaven. Oh, and uh, small thing about that is uh, that you need to be in a relationship Jesus, uh, with Jesus uh, to get there. It's, it's kind of like your ticket. Kind of like you punch the ticket and now you get to go in. And too often we have treated Jesus less like a person and more like a means to an end. I've done that. But Jesus wants us to know him. And he wants us to be in a relationship with him. And he wants us to set our hope on him now. Your relationship with Jesus is not a future relationship. It's not something you're going to do one day. It's either now or it isn't. That's what it looks like to be there. The Bible has only one term, only one Greek word to represent faith and faithfulness. They're the same. To be faithful to someone is the same thing to have faith in them. And Christ is not asking you to just, you know, play around and do whatever you want right now, but later be committed to him. He's asking you to put your faith in him, and he's asking you to trust him, and he's asking you to go on a journey with him. Because he's the way. And if you want to be on the way, you got to be with him. That's what it looks like. Where, where is your hope at? 
What do you put your trust in? What, what do you do uh, when you, where, where's your hope in the future? Where's your hope in the present? Uh, where's your trust with your money or your time or with the things that, that you're concerned about? What do you look to and who is your savior in those moments? Is Jesus an event that you do once a week? Or are you living based on his promises? Because Jesus being the way and knowing the way is about being in a relationship with a real person. And what Christ is asking is that you trust him while you follow the way that he leads. And that makes for the best road trip ever. The first step to getting on that road trip is by starting to trust and deciding to trust Jesus. Because he knows where you're going. And he knows the only way to get there. If I was going to Iceland by myself, with the amount of knowledge that I have, I would be doomed. Like absolutely, 100%, no chance I'd get anywhere. As I mentioned previously, I can't pronounce any of the words. Even if Trish gave me a list, if she said, just go to these places, I'd be like, well, guess I'm going to die here, right? I'm going to just land in Iceland and just wander around the airport until somebody picks me up and takes me, you know, to like labor camp. I don't know. And, and <laughs> you know those Icelandic labor camps. Come on, people. Uh, <laughs> if I was going by myself, I'd be doomed. But I don't have to go by myself because Trish is going with me. And she means so much more to me than just being a good booking agent. It's not just that I happen to marry into a, an itinerary building monster, right? And I just love her for a little bit while she builds itineraries for trips. That's not it. She's my wife, she's my love, she's my best friend, she's my confidant. There's nobody in the world that I'd rather go to Iceland with than Trisha. And that's how we got to feel about Jesus too. If there's anybody else that you would rather live this life with other than Jesus, then maybe we need to reevaluate what it looks like to have faith in Jesus. Because that's what he's offering to his disciples in John 14. And that's what he's offering to you this morning. And I'm just here to tell you, if you haven't started that trip, if you haven't decided to trust in him, if you, if you haven't uh, begun to, uh, to place that trust in him, or maybe you thought that you did, and maybe it just looks different than you thought, right? And maybe you just realize as we're talking about this that, that you know, maybe he's kind of more like a punch card, you know, and you're, you're hoping that it'll be something different. If that's you this morning, then I'm telling you, you're missing out. Because there is a deeper and fuller and more beautiful understanding of what it means to have faith in Jesus and have a, a, an opportunity to build that here in this life now. Van's coming, and, and they're going uh, to sing some songs, hopefully. Maybe, otherwise I'll start singing them. That's okay. I can do that. And... Uh, <laughs> And as they do, I just want you to know that if, if you want to talk, we're here. We're going to be in the back. And if you need to get your trust issues with Jesus worked out, we're going to be here for you. A relationship is built on trust, and a journey is no good except for the people that you're with. Go on that journey with Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for a chance to be here. Thank you for a chance, Father, to... Uh, to look at your word and to see the love that your son poured out for us. God, there's nobody, there's nobody more trustworthy than you.
God, help us to lay aside whatever it is that's holding us back and to put 100% of our weight on you. God, to trust you and to put our faith in you like no other, Father, because that's what you're asking from us. God, you want us to be in a relationship with you. You want to have dialogue with us, God. You, you, want to, you want us to know you like you know us. God, I pray that we could pour time and energy into that. And I just pray, God, that uh, we wouldn't forget. God, we wouldn't forget you and we wouldn't forget what our relationship with you could look like. Help us, Father, in our unbelief. Help us when we struggle. Be there for us, God. We love you and we trust you. We put our faith in you. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Want to learn more about us? You can do that by visiting our website at movementchristianchurch.com or on our app available on iOS and Android devices under Movement NC.